there you are. Shabbat shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We are here. It is the Sabbath and you're there too in the chat, maybe in the comments section below after the teaching or live right now. Thank you everybody for your support. Yahuwah's blessings upon you. Oh, let's dig into Acts chapter 13 today as we continue through our adventure in the scriptures. In the Hebrew, Maaseh Shlechim, the Acts of the Apostles. I'm going to dive in in the 25th verse of the 12th chapter leading into the 13th chapter. Maybe some of you remember that song by Boney M. Do you remember that? By the rivers of Babylon. You remember that? Man, they had some good clothes. You don't remember that? Is it just me? It's just my upbringing there in um, southern England. Boney M in the 70s by the rivers of Babylon. Of course, they pulled the text right from Psalm 137. It's nice disco era stuff if you like that. Let me delve right in here in the 25th verse. Then I'm going to jump into that song. I'm going to sing it for you. I'm going to dance. I'm even going to do a wardrobe. No, I'm not. Because if I had been more organized, I would have done. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. And when they had fulfilled their ministration, taking with them Yochanan John, whose surname was Marcus. The text, of course, of Boney M is Psalm 137, verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Sion. Upon the willows in the midst thereof, we hanged up our hearts. And there that they led us captive required us songs. And there that wasted us required of us myrrh, saying, Sing us one of those songs, O Zion. How shall we sing Yahweh's song? In a foreign land. And if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her skill. Now, Boney M kind of makes light of that. It is fun, it's a good sing along. But in traditional Judaism, the very last verse is something that is prayed every Shabbat in the synagogues every Shabbat for thousands of years in the synagogues as part of the prayers of that tradition. Because ultimately, in exile, if we forget where we are going to return to, then we will become a part of Babylon and be lost forever. Mystery Babylon, Babylon... If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her skill. Why am I beginning Acts 13 with Psalm 137 specifically today? Because Acts chapter 13, I believe, is a modern day call to those of us sitting in the midst of the rivers of mystery Babylon. And right now, quite honestly... 
I don't particularly feel like singing a song in a foreign land. It's hard. But I tell you what, when I do start to sing, it uplifts my spirit. And now some of you are not going to like what I like to sing. Because you're going to go, well, that's not his true name. But you know what? I have been singing this lately. I do confess to you all. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Oh, my goodness. And now in the chat, in the chat. Oh, well, that's not it. Oh, give me a break. Come on. Where did we once come from? Because I'm just living one day at a time. And I know that it is my Savior and by his grace and power that I get through. And I do find myself making a cup of tea in the morning. And I do find myself singing that. And I do find myself using the J word, okay? And if that offends some of you, then I'm sorry. It would have offended me when I was in the Messianic. I would have offended myself in the Messianic movement. But I've realized that yes, I know and I've grown and I understand his true name, but I also sometimes do enjoy the traditional hymns because I know that I am talking about the resurrected son who sits at the right hand of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah knows that, and I know that. And yes, it's Yahushua, or is it Yahshua, or is it Yeshua, or is it Yeshua? Or is it, are we all growing together? Yes. Yes, we are. And sometimes I just like to sing. Because I am in a foreign land. So this chapter reminds us not to forget Jerusalem and not to forget that Jehovah, or I'm just winding you up now because some of the Lord God, Yahuwah. Oh, he said Yahweh. It's, no, it's Yahuwah. No, it's Yahweh. No, it's Yahweh. I've pronounced it all manner of way. Look back in the history of Torah to the tribes. But this is not a reason to divide over a religious spirit of pride. Humble yourselves in the sight of Yahuwah and give grace and mercy to one another as everybody is coming out of mystery Babylon and learning. And you want to divide over the pronunciation of the name or because this person says it that way and, and now you've come to this great new super special secret knowledge of the pronunciation. You know, I've been there. I've made those mistakes. Please, be merciful with one another and love one another. This is not the time to divide on your secret special revelation that right now you believe, but you may grow past that and realize that, hang on a minute, this is even bigger than my knowledge and understand because it's not all about you and it's not about me. I see too many people that get caught up and I have myself, which is why 
I have the authority to speak the way I do to you today. So I pray you can receive it because I know some of you out there are struggling with the divisions amongst you. Yahoo is trying to bring us all together. And it's all going to come through the resurrection and the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. It is the action of his life, death, burial, and resurrection, not the pronunciation of a name. It is the action of his life, death, burial, and resurrection, not the pronunciation. That doesn't mean that we don't want to learn. But he's bigger than that. Now, does that mean there are deceptions out there? There are many false prophets and there are many Jesuses. And we'll get into that. But let us be bigger than our pride. Let us be bigger than our knowledge, which puffs up. Because right now, I'm a broken man. And I'm finding so much strength in that because it's deliverance from me. Finally, more and more and more. And I thank Yahuwah for that in the midst of the trials. 13th chapter, first verse. And in Antioch, some among the existing kahal were prophets and teachers such as Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucius and Cyrene and Manian and the foster brother of Herod the Tetrarch and Shaul. And they ministered to Yahweh and they fasted. The Ruach HaKodesh said to them, So then separate Barnabas and Saul to me for the work to which I have called them. Then they fasted and prayed and they laid hands on them. And they let them go. Then these indeed sent out by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia. And from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they announced the word of Yahuwah in the synagogues of the Yahudim, the Jews. And they also had Yochanan, John, to minister. Verse 6, and when they had gone through the island of Patphos, they found a certain conjurer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, or in the Greek, Bariasos, Bariasios, in the Hebrew, Bar-Yeshua, who was of the proconsul of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man. And he called for Barnabas and Saul, and he asked to hear the word of Yah. But Elymas, the wizard, withstood them, seeing to turn the proconsul away from the faith. See, I, I set you up. I deliberately went in with the name thing. Because I'm setting you up. Because there are divisions amongst you. There's always going to be a choice to be made. There's always going to be a choice to be made. Between Bar Jesus, Barrier Isius, Bar 
Yeshua, which one do you want to follow? It's not about the pronunciation of the name. It's about the action realization of the power. You see, one is synchristic, and it does seek to turn its adherents away from the faith spoken by Moshe. This Bar Jesus, or Bariosos, tends to attract the New Age. That's mystics, that's wizards, that's witches. Because they can mold this Bar Jesus, Bariosos, into a secular styled mystic. It's all about emotion. Imagination. This Bar Jesus or Bar Iosis, how you want to pronounce that, is up to you. And there may be divisions amongst you on even the Greek pronunciation. Is it Bar Iosis or is it Bariosis? Well, that's not how you say, well, I get a very broad palate because I can always make the excuse, well, in Surrey, England, that's how we pronounced it. And there's not that many of you that could fact-check me. But I'm sure now, as our audience growing, there is actually somebody down there in the Isle of Wight and say, that's a bunch of old nonsense, Matthew. But Bar Jesus is broadly appall appealing, excuse me, and appalling. <laughs> appealing, appealing to the masses. Why? Especially right here in the text, the proconsuls. Why? Because even today... You've got politicians, Pelosi's and Biden's, that are, follow a bar Jesus, right? The pro-councils of the day, the pop culture of the day. Because his ways are truly fluid. They truly are fluid. They appeal to the new age. They appeal to wizards and witches and mystics. You see, that's the multitudes. That's the broad road. And the results are always the same. The turning away from the commandments of Yahuwah. So it's the actions that we should be looking for. Because the true Mashiach will turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To the Torah of Moshe. To the ways of the prophets. But the false Iosus, Jesus, will turn you to the nations will turn you to syncretism, will turn you to paganism, new age, mysticism, wizardry, imagery, witchcraft. It's a broad road. It's hip. It's cool. The pop culture is appealing. Justin Bieber is there and all of these others that say they follow, but they're following bar Jesus. It's false. It's dangerous because it leads you away from the Torah. It leads you away from the prophets. It leads you away from the feasts and the festivals. Yet we will see in this 13th chapter, 14 years after Stephen made his historic address, 14 years, the question I would ask anyone who's following Bar Jesus, why after 14 years are they still going to the synagogue on Sabbath? And then they're going to the synagogue on Sabbath, the following Sabbath. And then the next Sabbath. 
Why, if this has been done away with, are we still fasting? Why are we still observing the Sabbath? Why are these things so? Because they never were changed. It was only by Jesus that changed them. But that's the broad road that leads to destruction, mysticism, and wizardry. The multitudes turn away from the Old Testament. The multitudes turn away from Sabbath. The multitudes turn away from the prophets. They focus on New Testament platitudes and truisms, which have no depth, which have no substance. They are divorced from Israel, and they are divorced from the Elohim of Israel. They have no substance and matter. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 9. Then Shaul, filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, son of a devil, full of all deceit and all craftiness, enemy of all righteousness, will you not stop perverting the right ways of Yahuwah? And there you have it, you see. The conclusion of the New Age bar Jesus always results in deceit, craftiness, and is in opposition to all zadakah, righteousness, meaning the commandments of Yahuwah. It's just been set right there before you. Look at verse 11. And now, behold, the hand of Yahuwah is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a while. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell on him, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then, seeing the thing happening... The pro-council believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the master. You see, it always goes back to the doctrine of the master. That's where the power of a new life is contained and where there is clarity of vision is in the doctrine, not the doctrines of the church, not the doctrines of the church fathers, not what's politically acceptable, but the doctrine of the master. That's where the awakened state exists. Don't you look today, I mean, I know I do, I look at so many of these cookie-cutter believers, and I wonder how they can be so blind to what is actually happening right now in our world. It's astounding. It's astonishing to me. And it's very, very worrying to me. But then I read the Bible and I read, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will keeps the commandments of my Father who is in heaven. Faith and action, by their fruits you shall know them. Many will say to me in that day, Bar Jesus, Bar Jesus, did we not prophesy in thy name? Did we not stick out a sandwich board and um, down by the mall? Did we not hand out the Watchtower magazine? Did we not knock on doors and irritate people? Weren't we out in front of the mall? At Christmas time, ringing our bells. All of those amazing. And he will say, I never knew you. 
you were following Bar Jesus. A syncretism, mysticism, new age. What are you talking about? You who work, A, without nomia Torah. You see, our culture has succumbed to secularism, holding a form of godliness but having denied the power thereof. From these we must turn away. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. You see, a mist is what I see out there. An absolute mist of COVID, which is a principality. Have no mistake about it. COVID is a principality, a mist of darkness that has befallen our world currently. And the resulting cultural aftermath, brethren, is where the majority of sheeple go about digitally digitally walking into traffic, digitally seeking someone to lead them by the hand. They follow unquestioningly. They trust implicitly what is ever laid before their eyes, whatever is before their ears, and they walk out into traffic. In contrast to those that follow the true Messiah, Bar Yahusha, that we walk by what? By faith, not by sight, and we are to be of good courage. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Look at the 13th verse of the 13th chapter. And Shaul and those around him sailed from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia. And Yochanan left and returned to Jerusalem. But going through from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Why did they do that? I thought the Sabbath was done away with. Fourteen years after Stephen's historic address, we're still knowing what we're doing. And what are we doing when we go down into the, into the synagogue? We're doing something totally divorced from the whole history of Israel. No, we're not. We're going to read the Torah, and then afterwards, we're going to read the half Torah. Is that what it says? That's exactly what it says. And reading of the Torah and the half Torah, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brothers, if you have any word of comfort for the people, speak, and rise up, and signaling with his hand, Shaul said, Men! Syncretized Christians, New Age hippies. Now, what did he say? He said, men, now here comes the qualifier, Israelites, Yah-fearers, Shema. This, there's nothing new under the sun. The qualifier is we're speaking to Israelites. That means the 12 tribes and any sojourner, Numbers 15, called a Yah-fearer that wants to join in is equal, totally equal, and becomes an Israelite too, grafts in, and they produce the same fruit of the Torah 
and the prophets, that's why thus the reading of it, and Sabbath-keeping piety, and they are to Shema Israel. They are to Shema. And we lose it in the King Jimmy translation. And all of a sudden, we're in Rome. But we're not. Fourteen years after Stephen's address in Acts chapter 7, we see the word doesn't return void. This actually now brings us into a duplicate of Stephen's address. A duplicate of Stephen's address, 14 years later. The question is, why 14 years later, if the Torah, if the Torah is done away with, and we have this new grace deal, are they still going to synagogue on the Sabbath? Why are they still reading the Torah? Why are they still reading the half-Torah? on the annual Torah reading cycle and still seeking to gather in the Yahfirahs into the household of faith which is named men, Israelites, Yahfirahs, Shema. I would have loved to have had this conversation 20 years ago at Calvary Chapel because I don't understand how you can wiggle your way out of this and create some new grace deal devoid of Torah, the prophets, Yahuwah, Yahfirahs, Israel, and the Bible. There is no replacement theology. There is no syncretism. There's no room for mystery Babylon in the true faith. And there is no room for Bar Jesus. Because all that is, is wizardry, witchcraft, magnification, imagery, and it's from Satan. It's a deception. Absolute deception, and it's everywhere, but the Bible is so clear. Numbers chapter 15, verse 16, it is written, one Torah, there's only one Torah, there's only one ordinance, and it shall be for you, and it shall be for you, and it shall be for you, whatever walk of life you come from, whatever culture you're from, whatever color you are, you all come in, and you're all treated with equity and equality in the household of faith. Now that is terrifying to a bunch of pagan witches, mystics and wizards that want to divide you so that they can enslave you, which is why we live in the world that we do today. It's all about divide and con argue with, oh, well, I'm... Oh, oh. That's all it is. It's insane to me. Insane to me. Verse 17. The Elohim of this people Israel, again qualified there, choose our fathers and exalted the people in their dwelling in the land of Egypt, and he brought them out of it with an outstretched arm. So it always goes back to our history, does it not? And it always goes back to the hope of being delivered out of the pagan world. But if you love the pagan world, and you love the pagan Jesus, and you love the pagan church, and you love Easter eggs, because you're really looking forward to that, you know, it's going to be happening here soon, and you know... Well, then, that's a, that's a totally different, that's not the Bible. That's just New Age. It's just New Age. Bar Jesus is thrown in there just so you can feel like you're, you know, religious and doing something good. But it's really New Age Country Club. 
Brethren, the emphasis in Scripture is always about our past and future deliverance from Egypt through the outstretched hand of Yahuwah. It's always the same. Without this hope, without this expectation, one has to succumb. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. One has to succumb to a false hope in bar Jesus who leaves you mixed up in the pagan nations as serfs and vassals of a foreign state, which most people are happy to be shackled to that system. Because mystery Babylon is full of false prophets and many Jesuses. It's a foreign state which has no plan to ever let you go but to draw you in further and entice you in to generational servitude in trade for state privileges and stimulus like the likes of leeks and garlics your ancestors fell for before. Oh, remember the, do you remember the stimulus which we did digest in Babylon for naught? Oh, and the monthly social security and the Medicare and the unemployment, the car loans, the mortgages. Oh, those credit cards. They were so good to us. Oh, remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt for naught, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions and the garlics. There's nothing new under the sun. Pulling you in, pulling you in. Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. Oh, they may have rebranded it, but it's the same surf system. You need to be reprogrammed in your belief, in your mind, by a washing of the word daily. Acts 13, verse 23, it is written, Of this man's seed... Zerah, Yahweh has raised to who? To Israel, according to the promise, a savior, Yahusha. Do you see again the, the qualifier of who the faith is? Yochanan, verse 24, having before proclaimed the mikvah or the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel before his coming. There's the qualifier again. And as Yochanan fulfilled his course, he said, Who do you think that I am? Am I not he? But behold, one comes after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men, brothers, sons of the race of Avraham. And whoever among you fears Yah, the word of this salvation is sent to you. You see, as believers, if we could just really comprehend that we are of the race of Abraham, we've just got to get that through our thick skulls, and then you won't be deceived by all this race-baiting out there and division that is sowed based upon accents or level of pigmentation or geography or your family DNA. I mean, it's 
It's all a bunch of divisional tactics by a serf-slave system. But Yahweh is one that unites and brings together in equality and equity. And the world says that they're into that, but they're not. The world is always about categorizing you up based upon slavery, boxing you, pigeonholing you, naming you with all of this nonsense so that they can keep you divided. It's wizardry. And these people just follow based upon social media and the masses of surf virtue signaling because they're swimming in Mystery Babylon's cancel culture. And they love it. They love it. So they pander to it. For those living in Jerusalem, verse 27, and their rulers not having known this one, the voices of the prophets being read throughout every Sabbath, Condemning him, they fulfilled the scriptures. There again, we have the prophets, the half Tara, being read in the synagogue on the Sabbath. You see, the whole history is being recounted. And when you recount our history, then we remember by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down. We have to remember Jerusalem. We have to have a hope and expectation of deliverance from this foreign land, from these foreign entities and the syncretistic system of the false messiahs, witches, warlocks, and all of the devilry that is out there today. It is magnification, imagery, and deception. It's about the leeks, the onions, the stimulus, the servitude, just to keep, oh, it was so much better when we just went along to get along. Well, then your descendants will too. And they're at what point, when will you stand up for your children and for your grandchildren? You've had your life. I've had my life. And I'm still young. But I have to try and find a way out for the next generation and the generation. I have to. I cannot be a part of Mystery Babylon. I just can't. Because I have a hope, and it's found here in the 34th verse. He raised him up from the dead, no more to return to corruption. Because if I did not have a hope in the resurrection, then my faith would be for nothing, says the disciples, saith I because I know that the resurrection is true. And he spoke of this. I will give you the holy, the Kadosh promises of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you shall not allow your holy one to see corruption. For after he had served his own generation by the will of Yahuwah, David fell asleep and was added to his fathers and saw corruption. And if all I can do in this life is serve this generation for Yahuwah's glory, then that's good for me. Because everything else is, is nonsense. It comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. It's like the wind. 
but one constant is remaining. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives, and that is a constant since I've been 25, and a constant. And if I would just be like David and serve this generation by the will of Yahweh and then fall asleep, then that is fine with me because I know that just like Yahushua, I will be raised up again because I have a promise that he whom Yahweh raised again, he saw no corruption. There was none of the old rigor mortis. Of course, that's from the Latin, and we'll segue into the Latin just for a bit of fun right now. Rigor, the stiffness, mortis of death. Rigor mortis, stiffness of death. Psalm, of course, 1610 says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in the grave, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see decay, you rotters. There's actually four stages of death. The first one, we'll get into the Latin, just because I need a little bit of a light-hearted break. And, you know, this is, my wife would be like, light-hearted? Yeah, it's for me. <laughs> four stage. Let's talk about a light-hearted topic, the four stages of death. In the Latin, of course, the first stage of death is palo, palo mortis. What does that mean? You can hear it, can't you, in the, in the English language. Pallor, pale, the cessation of blood circulation. Pallor. You're, cool, he's looking a bit pale, isn't he? Well, that's because he's dead. <laughs> the first stage of death in the Latin, of course, palomortis, if you're writing it down. Palomortis, the cessation of blood circulation. The second stage of death is algomortis, algomortis, of course, meaning no more internal temperature regulation because there's a cessation of circulation. There is no way to keep the internal temperature higher than the outside temperature or lower than the outside. You, the body then becomes as it's resounding or I should say, surrounding environment, alga mortis, no more internal temperature regulation. And then we get to the third stage of death. And then some of you are going, oh my goodness, did you hear that? That was a demon. No, I'm just messing around. But people have said that before. When I, when I you know, do a different voice or an accent, have a little bit of fun. Have you never done that? I do that all the time when I'm singing. Because I like a little bit of light-hearted entertainment. Or maybe I watched one of those movies. What is the, what is the movies with uh, those fantasy movies? I can't remember right now. Anyway, third stage of death we all know. Rigor mortis, of course. The frozen chosen, right? The rigor mortis, the throat, frozen chosen. The fourth stage of death is the livor, livor mortis, not liver, but livor mortis, meaning it's quite interesting, I find myself being a little morbid, livor, liver mortis, and this is, you know, one of the terms where they can really decide how somebody died. 
Well, they didn't really die that way. Somebody transported the body and put the body somewhere else. Somewhere else. Live or mortis is where, you know, if somebody died upright like this, then there would be blood pooling in the, the fingertips, in the extremities, right? Or if they died flat out on their back, then the blood pooling would be... All right, so anyway, you know, there's my little segue into the morbidity of life because that's just the way I am. So there you have it. All that to say this. King David's body saw decay in the 36th verse. Palomortis, Algamortis, Rigamortis, and he had a whole bunch of Livermortis. But, and you always have to watch, Yahusha's body surely would have suffered Rigamortis after three days in the grave. Palomortis, surely. Algamortis, surely. Liver mortis, well, certainly. What about Lazarus? Master, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. How can it be? For thou wilt not live my, leave my soul in the grave, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see decay. Yahushua had no palomortis, no algamortis, no rigamortis, no livermortis. How is that possible? It is only possible if Yahushua is 100% Yahuwah, 0% man, cloaked in humanity, but not from humanity's origins, the dust. His body, which was and is a real body, came from a different substance, heaven. The bread from heaven, John chapter 6, 100% Yahuwah, 0% man, cloaked in humanity, but not from humanity's origins, the dust. He's not the dust man. He's the bread of life, a human the definition of a human in Bereshit, Genesis, is one that comes from the dust. Read John 6. Did Yahushua's body come from the dust? Therefore it saw no decay. The Trinitarian model is the Bar-Jesus model. Which is why the Catholics still have him on the cross. He's not on the cross. He's not on the tree. It's not a body on a tree. He has to be the flesh and the bone from heaven. Turn to Exodus 24.10 and it's prophesied right there, the Son of Man right there in the Torah. He is the etzim, the bone of heaven which would enable him then to give you and me a hope that he will transfigure our flesh too. Those who eat of his flesh and drink his blood. The bone of heaven is found in Exodus, Shemot, chapter 24, verse 10. It's also found in John, chapter 6, verse 41, and John, chapter 6, verse 58. If you're going to put fingers everywhere in the scripture, 
This is, of course, what Paul speaks about to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, as the unsearchable riches of Messiah. Because most people won't bother to search this out. These are the unsearchable riches of Messiah, the bone of heaven, Exodus 24.10. And they saw the Elohim of Israel, and there was underneath his feet... He had bodily form, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and as it were, the etzim, the body of heaven, in his clearness. So who is this? This is the Mashiach. This is the Messiah. This tells you where his body came from. Just like John told you in the sixth chapter, specifically the 41st verse. Specifically, the 58th verse. He is the etzim. That, you look that word up in the Hebrew. It means a bone, the body, the substance of heaven. The very substance of heaven. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahuwah. If Yahusha's flesh and blood came from where our flesh and blood, then he couldn't be sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's that simple. Think about it. Why can't we think about it? Yahusha is the Ma-Ya, the Ma-Ya, the man from Elohim. His flesh, his spirit, his blood are from Yahuwah. Otherwise, we're talking cannibalism. If he's from the dust, that's insane. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 23, Yahusha was not established in human flesh. He was established from everlasting before there was ever dust from the earth. Read Proverbs chapter 8. Have some chokmah, wisdom. Yahuwah possessed me in the beginning of his way before he created, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from beginning, before the dust ever was. If he was before the dust, then could he be human from the dust? Well, no. Does that mean he couldn't have a body? No, of course he had a body. He wasn't a ghost. He had a body. And that's why he said, reach in here. I am so ready myself at this point in my life to become a life-giving Ruach. But first, I must be tried more and tested more, refined more, ground down, and afterwards the spiritual prize will await me and you. And I pray that we all here, every day, I get further and further into the spiritual realm of everything that I look forward to. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will set thee over many things. Enter thou into the joy of Yahweh. We are but a mist, and time is but a construct.
1 Corinthians 15 and the 45th verse. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. That means from the dust, right? The last Adam, that being Yahushua, became a life-giving Ruach. However, the spiritual, that's Yahushua, is not first, but the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. The first man was of the dust, made of, of the earth, made of dust. The second is the Maria, the man of the heavens. This is the mystery that Paul spoke of to the Ephesians. If you have an ear to hear. It's amazing. This is my hope. That allows me to just, whatever happens. Look at this amazing life that we have. Look at the 38th verse of our text. Therefore, be it known to you, men, brothers, that through this one... The forgiveness of sins is announced to you. And by him all who believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moshe. Let's finish up here because it's very important to understand justification. Justification is just as if you didn't sin. I think one of my favorite verses that describes justification is Romans in the sixth chapter of the 14th verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Oh, it wants to though, doesn't it? Doesn't it just want to? Fear, unbelief, doubt, depression, oppression, hopelessness, sin. It's all sin. Seeking to have dominion. Interesting, the voter system, right, is, is a dominion system. Why? But we're not under that. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. But we know that Noah found it in Genesis 6, verse 6, did he not? Chesed, grace, chesed in the Hebrew. And it, appear, it appears actually three more times. You'd think, oh, well, the New Testament is all, all about grace. No, actually, the, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, is all about grace. Grace, chesed, it appears three times more in the first part of the book than it does in the latter part of the book. Grace appears in the Old Testament three times more than it does in the New Testament. Because grace didn't start with bar Jesus. Grace isn't a license to live in sin and not obey the Torah of Yahuwah. Grace is the empowerment to live a holy, righteous life in a sick and twisted world. Grace is what empowers me to live the resurrected life in a sick and twisted world. The Christian church is not under Yahuwah's grace. If they were, they would be living a holy, righteous life in a sick and twisted world. They're actually 
actually under Yahweh's mercy, the withholding of judgment justly required. But once that mercy is removed, there is going to be judgment. You see, it's all being redefined by secular language. The Christian church isn't under Yahweh's grace. We're under his mercy, the withholding of deserved judgment. If we were under his grace, we wouldn't be violating the Torah. Because grace is what empowers you to keep the Torah. It empowers you to live a holy, just, righteous life. Not a life of lawless, godless syncretism and paganism. Chasing after bunnies and cutting down Christmas trees and doing hot cross buns and fornicating and doing all of this immoral wickedness. I was disgusted yesterday, disgusted when I spoke to a brother on the streets and I asked him, why aren't you staying at the mission? He said, I can't stay at the mission. I said, why not? He said, because there is homosexual activities going on in there. And the manager was caught doing wicked abominations to himself in front of the computer. He said, it's an abomination and they all know it's going on. He said, I can't, I'm like, I felt sick. And they allow that? Oh yeah, all up in the upper echelons, they know all about it. He said, I, can't, I will not go there. It is a den of iniquity. What? I about wanted to throw up. What has happened? It's a form of godliness, but denying the word, denying the power, and denying... What's wrong with people? Read your scriptures, please. Let sin be sin and repentance be repentance. But you're following this bar Jesus. And it's led you to a broad road and you're all ready to go off the cliff to destruction. In the meantime, there are people that are devout on the streets and they've got no place to go because these so-called ministries have compromised with secularism. And it's, it's a disgrace. So there's my rant. Because if they were truly under Yahuwah's grace, they wouldn't be doing that. They would be living holy in a righteous, righteous world. Well, in a sick and twisted world, they'd be living holy, excuse me. There's so much in this text, I've got to finish the 40th chapter. But then we can, 40th verse. In fact, we can go down and we can just finish and summarize from verse 40 all the way to 52. And in your own time, just look at what jumps out of the text. In the 42nd verse, the next Sabbath, they continued in the grace of Yahuwah. And the coming Sabbath, the Shema. The word of Yah, the 45th verse. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy 
and contradicted those things which were spoken of by Shaul, contradicting and blaspheming. You see, the broad road, those that follow after the false bar Jesus, they are going to be full of envy of your life. They are going to contradict the word of Yahuwah, and they will be blasphemers doing abominable acts under the guise of ministry, which is exactly what this homeless person spoke to me about yesterday. Homeless, not really homeless, just by choice not being a part of that abominable system. Correct? And what should we do? Or we should just cower and tuck tail and run away. We really shouldn't talk about these things because it's upsetting. Because you're calling people out and it's really judgmental. No, but speaking boldly, Paul and Barnabas said it was necessary for the word of Yah to be spoken to you first. Get a spine, get a backbone, stand up and just speak the truth. And don't be afraid because we will be given everlasting life and they will see the fruits of wickedness, which is destruction. Verse 47 and 48, we see that the nations rejoice when they see the wonderful, wonderful gospel, glorifying the word of Yahuwah. And then many people will be ordained to eternal life and believe when you stand up for the truth in righteousness. But those that want to follow the bar Jesus, the broad road, a form of godliness, but denying its power, just shake the dust off your feet. Just move on. Because ultimately, when we follow the narrow road, we will be filled with joy and the Ruach HaKodesh. Even in the midst of the darkness, there is a deep joy and a filling of the Ruach HaKodesh that awaits us. But we will be refined, we will be tried, we will be tested, especially in these days. But look at the end. The disciples were filled with Simcha and with the Ruach HaKodesh. Acts 13 is a clarion call to come out of mystery Babylon, to remember Jerusalem, to remember the Sabbath, the feast, the festivals, that you are Israel. There is neither male or female, slave or free. You are all one in Yahushua the Messiah. But watch out for false prophets. Watch out for the bar Jesus, for the false Messiah out there, the broad road that leads to destruction which the masses have just fallen into, the true Messiah will always lead you back to, remember when you were in Egypt, I'm going to deliver you again out of mystery Babylon by the outstretched arm. Listen to the prophets. Listen to the Torah of Moshe. Repent. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit, which will empower you to live a holy, righteous life in a sick and twisted generation. Because when I withdraw my mercy on the church as a whole, there's going to be judgment to those who are following the bar Jesus. And your salvation is found in him who keeps you, who sits at the right hand of the Father. And the fruit is the Torah of Moshe shall be produced through the Malkitzevic priesthood. It's powerful, isn't it? That's Acts chapter 13. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat.
Hey, hey, let me, uh, if you want a little chat here, just um, redline me. It makes it, oh, look at that. Gabrielle Taylor, she just got crayons and red dots and everything. And she says, Gabriella, Shabbat Shalom, Gabriella. Yo, yo, brother Matthew, question. I'm still pretty much a newbie. Would it be okay if I thought of you and spoke to others that you are my rabbi? Oh, my goodness, that brings back um, um, tales from the past of what, I don't know how many years ago with all of the rabbinic certifications I got back then that now I, I no longer have. So, you know, I you call me what you want, just... Uh, I, right now, you know, I just feel like I'm just a humble servant of Yah, and I used to think those titles were important, but really, man, but whatever, whatever. I mean, I, I'm, I'm honored and blessed, but yeah, I just call me a slave to Messiah, not a slave to this bloody surf system, that's for sure. Truth like Velcro, Shabbat Shalom, Mickey, Shabbat Shalom. So much, so much going on. Libby, thank you so much, Libby, for the prayers. I gave Libby a, a call yesterday, and she was so wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for those prayers. It was super, super powerful. Jose says, perfect delivery, brother. Well, by his mercy and grace, as Mario always said, Yahusha is 100% Yahuwah. Flesh didn't reveal that to you, but the Father's Ruach who is in heaven. That is so true. Oh, here's a great one. I need, I need, some, I need some construction. And if I was going to get some construction around my house, I'd hire this guy. Hebrew construction. Prepare yourself. Make yourself ready. The bride makes herself ready. Hallelujah. I love this from Emissary. Where did you go, Emissary of Elohim? He says, Be strong and courageous. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. <laughs> Diesel Grandpa says, you are a certified rabbi. I know you love that. Yeah, yeah. I am certified. I think it expired. Anna Livingston, you mentioned the Shema during your teaching. Question. Are we supposed to turn to the east when we say the Shema, or is this Talmudic? Well, there is a tradition in there. It depends where Jerusalem is. You're to, you know, the tradition is to face to Jerusalem, right? But do you have to? What happens if you are handcuffed and thrown down on the floor? Would you not say the Shema because you're facing the hollow earth? I'd still say it. And a lot more. Help me. Deliver me. Ah, oh, James P., should we really be offended when we hear people use JC as a cuss word? That still offends me. Yeah, it does. 
any cuss word, really, except for English ones like bloody, because that's not really a cuss word, is it? And hell. I like, my wife thinks it is. But I do like to say, bloody Henry. What the hell are you doing? Because now I go, well, well, hang on a minute. I have a license not to sin. But hell is just where the fires were burning down south of Jerusalem. Okay? It was used as an analogy and a metaphor for the destruction of the deep. All right? Ooh. Yes, giant killer. Thank you very much. You nailed it. So you're an expired rabbi. Rigor mortis. <laughs> yes, that's right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Oh, yeah, Libby Tube, great question. If, if, if we should die before his return, should we request our bodies be put in the grave within 24 hours and not embalmed? Yes. Yes. All right. So, well, uh, I'm scanning through. I'm making sure I'm actually using the proper chat button here. Hang on a second. I think I have to refresh my screen. Where did it go? Top chat. No, we don't want the top chat. We want all of the chat. Okay. All right. Here we go. I like this from Hallelujah Worship. Says Joel chapter 2, verse 1 Blow a shofar in Sion and sound an alarm in my set apart mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the earth tremble, for the day of Yahweh is coming, for it is near. Don't you pray so, Larry? How much longer? They're just stretching it out, aren't they? Remember, give us some thumbs up if you like this teaching. It really helps populate us on the analytics. And you know what? It could bring one lost sheep in. I can't tell you how many people have come to the ministry from all over the world because they have good viewing habits, key point, holy kadosh viewing habits, and therefore Torah to the tribes pops up on their recommended screen and they're like screen and they're like, and all of a sudden they've, They've been delivered from the church system or Judaism or something. And like, oh, it can be that simple. And it doesn't happen without you guys helping by giving some thumbs up. So if you're in the chat right now, give us some thumbs up. Subscribe to the ministry. It helps. One sheep. If there's one sheep that comes because you populated on the Google, then you know what? It's worth it, isn't it? Let's use the system while it's still up to try and get the truth out. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Oh, here's a good one. Mickey says, there is such a fine line between getting a spine and standing up and casting pearls before swine. There is, isn't there? There is. Yes, there is. Where did we go? 
Now, for Scott says this, I remember when they had 1,000 subscriptions. Tour to the tribes, yeah. It's amazing how the ministry has just grown in just the past few years. And I give all glory to Yahuwah for that and for you guys out there being true, faithful remnant and staying with the ministry and staying with the wonderful, wonderful glory of the Malkitzedic truth. It is so powerful. Giant Killer's got lots of thumbs up. Love that. Christine Beamer too. All right, what else you got? Anything? If you want to put it up in the chat right now, ask me a question. That's what I'm here for and to have a little bit of uh, fun after the teaching. So fellowship, chat with one another. Dada Lynn says at Torah to the Tribes, they have coined a phrase, we are heirloom seed of the kingdom of heaven, no longer GMO of the world. Well, that would exactly be right, wouldn't it? All of that syncretism makes you GMO. Mm -hmm -hmm. Well, here's a good point, actually. Um, truth like Velcro. I wouldn't pray to Jerusalem. It's called Sodom in Egypt, right? Very interesting. I've done a teaching of that in the past. We're looking forward to a, a restoration. Giant killer. What are your thoughts on cremation? Don't do it. <laughs> that simple. If you don't have to. If you did get cremated... You know, it's not the end, right? Because Yahweh is going to gather up matter, whether it's at the bottom of the sea and, and fish food. He's going to gather up because it's your soul, the remembrance of all things. The spirit goes back from whence it came, the breath of Yahweh. The body, it goes back to the dust through whatever matter, you know, it could be decay, it could be the earth, it could be... But the soul... That is, that's what's remembrance. That's Yahweh's remembrance of, of you. All of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, who you are in your belief system. Whether then that soul is recorded in the book of life. Or was that soul smudged out? That's the question that remaineth. It's the soul that Yahweh is recorded in Yahuwah's remembrance. That's why there's the book of remembrance. Ah. Oh. oh, Potato Munchkin says, great teaching. Thank you, Potato Munchkin. One thing, how did we get to Jesus? Well, that's the big question. It's only, what, 400 or something, 500 years old, if that. I think 1526, something like that. The letter J and the I, Iosus. I mean, look at, you know, you, you can see that. So yeah, 600 years ago, they definitely weren't calling him Jesus. In the Elizabethan court, they certainly weren't calling him Jesus. So, yeah, there's, there's so much that has, that has been 
syncretized over these last several hundred years. Ah, Jessica Tate is from up there of the land of Yorkshire puddings. Oh, I haven't had a Yorkshire pudding in a long time. Shabbat Shalom from North Yorkshire, England. Great teachings, Matthew. I'm learning lots. Jessica, how are things up in Yorkshire? I know that people are getting... I spoke to my mum yesterday, and um, you know she's been drinking a lot of Kool-Aid, of course, the past year, swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. Love you, Mum, if you are watching, which I very much doubt you guys. But um, yeah, I'm sure you're not drinking the Kool-Aid if you're um, tuning in to Torah to the Tries, but they got you on another lockdown, right, in England, another lockdown. Can you even go for a walk on the Yorkshire Dales up there, or are they going to arrest you, drone you as you're out there along the downs? I wonder, I wonder. RJK says, as COVID-19 slows, <clears throat> really? I don't think they'll ever slow this thing down. They, they'll, they'll keep gassing it up as long as they can. Too much power and centralized control to let a good thing allegedly go. But anyway, RJK, as COVID-19 slows and things seem to get normal, don't let up. Oh, thank you very much. Here we go. So we've got some wisdom coming here. To prepare for the returning of our king. Praise the most higher. Do not let up. There may be a lull, but it's only before the next ram through. No rain, no rainbows says, look up the new Jerusalem above. Well, that's right, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Well, guys, here we are coming up to the Passover season. So remember, connect with one another. Connect with one another. And if you want to find more information about a Passover group, possibly in your area, I mean, it's difficult right now, um, then please go to Torah to the Tribes forward slash connect, Torah to the Tribes dot com forward slash connect or reach out on the Facebook Shabbat Fellowship page and see if you can hook up with a group or at least do it maybe with a Zoom Connect group as well. So anyway, what an amazing group we are. Yahoo has got his hand on us. That's, that is the truth. That is the truth. I want to finish up here. Let's see. We've got a couple of other people putting some chats up right now. Oh, I could just sit here and read it all. So fun. People from Southern California, Poland, South Africa, all over the place. It's amazing. Amazing. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. I'm going to finish up with Libby right here. And a scripture, Jeremiah 3.15. And I shall give you shepherds according to my heart, and they shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Oh, thank you. And he did through Torah to the tribes. Praise Yah. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. All glory to Yahuwah. He is our salvation. The Master Yah, Yahushua HaMashiach, sits resurrected on the right hand of Yahweh, interceding for us daily. Until next, next Shabbat, give us some thumbs up.
edify, encourage one another. And you can always visit us again down in the comments section. Give us some thumbs up and look for the lost sheep of Israel scattered abroad. Shabbat shalom.